Hi, I'm Alex Frakon. You're listening to My Therapist and I, a podcast that isn't just about therapy, it is therapy. More specifically, my therapy. In this session, we pick up where I left off talking a bit about my family, and that leads to a discussion about um, the work that I'm currently doing with my fiance, Haley, in preparation for our wedding. So, hope you enjoy. I don't know, Dr. Steve. It doesn't matter. It's okay if we are. You don't have to feel like... Well, it, it does matter because I'm looking at Groupon over here on my phone. Uh, I would like to, before we begin, have a follow-up from our last episode. We ended on uh, a very controversial note, which is whether or not Groupon exists. And Dr. Steve, what is the follow-up? What does the survey say? I have an app. There's still deals out there. So I'm not using the app, but yeah. there's deals. There are deals. So Groupon does exist. A lot of nail, spa, salon kinds okay. of deals. They used to be huge. Well, hey, they're still kicking. Good for them. This podcast is not brought to you by Groupon, just to make sure that is clear to everyone. Um, but hello. It has been a long time, roughly a week, but Dr. Steve, it's great to see you again. It's good to be seen. It's good. To uh, be my stressed. mind immediately went to um, the family feud. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Do you want what? You said that last time. I did? Yeah, you don't remember that? About co- No, I don't remember that. Yeah, and then I told About you don't break the fourth wall. Costume changes. Yeah, right? you said that exact same thing. Yeah, so I have Steve Harvey on, on the brain right now, which would do my mother-in-law proud. She's a big Steve Harvey Steve. fan. He's a, he's a funny guy. Good guy. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot. I think they're called elder bugs. Box elder bugs. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have an infestation. Yeah, they're all over here in Minnesota. And uh, we keep the vacuum cleaner out, and Haley just sucks them up. Yeah, puts them all in their place. Yep. And uh, apparently they stink when you right when they die. That's their defense mechanism. Sounds like a great mechanism. Right it's kind of like I a spiteful one. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, if you, I go, I'm taking you with me. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, our last session... Um, I don't know. Does it? Can you tell? Do you get a, a, a feeling for when I'm feeling things or not really? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That one was what we were t- talking about was challenging for me, and in a weird way, I think I'm more nervous to talk publicly about this than I am my history with alcohol and stuff like that because I think, and this is something that's unique to this podcast i try to balance like my therapy work with like not involving others and i don't know how you're gonna do that yeah and so i think the uh, the incident of your run-in with the law the the arrest and, and the alcohol um that's in your past but the last time that we met here, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't get away from your folks listening to it going, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. we're waiting. Like, yeah. So if you ever do go and approach them like, oh, yeah, it only took you, yeah. you know, X number of weeks, months, years to, to come and talk to us about this. But so to me, the stuff you were talking about last time represents your future. Conversations that have yet to take place that may never take place. I don't know whether they're going to take place or not. But my sense is that if they did take place and your folks had the the wherewithal to to hang in there with you and have those conversations and and didn't get tempted to get defensive 
Mm-hmm. Right? So I want to tell you something about my experience of your parenting. Ugh, my wall's going to go up immediately. Yeah. Yes. But if they could if they can hold themselves and say this is just Alex's experience. He's not he's not saying he hates us. He's not trying to divorce us. He's yeah. not trying to Yeah. So things for us to know. Hey, I feel bad that you didn't get what you wanted. We we were trying to provide everything that we could. And and, and we didn't have a manual. Yeah, no, no one has a manual. And, and too, like, and Alex, be careful what you say because when you have kids, we're gonna watch. Yeah, we're gonna, we're yeah, gonna I mean, see how you do it. That's why I'm like, I, a weird motivation for me for therapy, and I've never really told anyone this, but it's it's probably um, not that surprising. Is that like, I'm very worried about how I will be as a parent uh-huh. based on what I went through. Yeah. And I, I'm sure this is just one of the many cliches that exist in life, but it's like I don't want my child to experience the like emotional turmoil that I did. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, if I figure myself out and my stuff out, I won't put my stuff onto my kid and I won't make my kid suffer because of my stuff. So ergo, I'm going to spend however many years it takes to figure all my stuff out. Yeah, it's a good theory. I, I mean, I don't know if it... Yeah, we'll see. I don't know how it translates. Yeah, and your, fo- your folks will be able to... Like, you know, then that then that conversation can come back around to you when your folks see you parenting. Mm-hmm. And they'll have they'll have ideas. They'll have yep. suggestions. Um, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, why you're doing it this way, why, you know. <laughs> it was... On this note, there's something very... I don't know. It's not a reflective. It just was really crazy for me. Personally, I was with um, my parents and they were babysitting my um, nieces. I have two nieces, mm-hmm. two, two little girls. And um, the youngest uh, is three years old and she was just crying. She just started bawling. They were getting her ready for bed and apparently she has this very specific routine. And if you break from that routine, mm-hmm. she just has a meltdown. Mm-hmm. And she's, she can't talk um, very well or she couldn't at the time. She was still learning, so it, you you really couldn't figure out what was going on, and she was just screaming and screaming and screaming, and I'll never forget my mom was just looking down at her, and was like, "What do you want?" And said that, and mm-hmm. the baby was crying, and she was like, "I don't understand what you want." And she turned to her older sister, who is five years old. Your mom? Oh, yes, no, my oh, mom did. Your mom turned to the older sister. Yeah, yeah who's okay. five years old, and was like what does she want? Why is she crying? Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself like, the five-year-old isn't going to know how to take care of the three-year-old. Like, I don't know. Maybe, but she didn't. She was like, I don't know why she's crying. She just cries. (laughs) And so then my dad swooped in and was like, I've had enough. And he picked her up and she was screaming. He just marched her off to bed. And then like 15 minutes later, he came back down and was like, she's sleeping. (laughs) But like, I just remember thinking to myself, I always thought my parents like knew everything, right? Every kid <laughs> looks at their parents and are like, right. oh, you know everything. Right. And to see my mom so confounded by this screaming baby, yeah, right? Who's obviously just being a baby. She's three years old. She's having a meltdown. Sounds like she was tired. Yeah. And it just completely befuddled. She had no idea what to do. And I was like, I wonder if... She ever looked at me when I was three screaming and was like, why are you doing this, tiny human? Be rational. Tell me what it is that you need and I'll give it to you and we can end this. 
nonsense. I mean, there probably there probably were times like where she got to that place, but she also probably knew you a lot better than she yeah, knew these yeah, kids, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so totally. little ways that you cry, this cry is different than that cry, and, and parents get those things. Yeah. Um, and did you do a French accent when you mimicked my, your dad's he, voice? He, he still has one to this day. Yeah, right, okay. A very, and he, like, low-key, I don't think he likes it when I do that, but also he, he knows he knows he has an accent. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Does uh, he claim he doesn't have an accent? I yeah. Sometimes here's what's really funny. So, Siri, we got into an argument about how thick his accent was, uh-huh. and he was like, "Siri understands me," and I was like, "No way in hell does Siri understand what you're saying." So we had Siri do a test, and he asked on his iPhone, "Siri, a question," and she just like blanked, and she's like. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Like, she didn't understand. It was great. The Siri test, um, and he failed. But, you know, he uses, he's going to be like, no, I use Siri all the time. What are you talking about? Um, But yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It just, it was a very unique moment for me because I was like, huh. Like, she just, she just, you know, she was stumped. That's why I, I low key love Haley for this very reason. It's like, she just, this is a new thing for me, but to be around a person who gets that like children are irrational mm-hmm. and they're children and that's okay. Cause I grew up in an environment where it's very impatient in terms of like you're, you, you can be a child up until I'm annoyed and then you have to stop being a child. Uh-huh. Whereas Haley is just extremely patient with children. Yeah. Great skill to have. I, and it's um, great disposition to have. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And, it was kind of like when I observed that behavior about her, I was like, whoa, I didn't know people are like that around kids. Like that seems, that's cool. I want to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to learn how to be patient and to see a kid do something wrong. Be like, well, they're just a kid. Like I don't need to. Yeah. I mean, unless they stole a car and they drove it, you know, then I need to step in and be like, okay, dude, you can't do that. But if they just knock something over or something, I don't have to. You what's, know. what's really cool is seeing that in your own kids when you like I don't think I had that like I had less patience for my kids I'm sure I was somewhat patient but I think I was more quick to anger than when I see my daughter parenting so that's going to be the thing for like for your folks uh, to see you uh, if the day comes when you have uh, children and how you respond because you're also going to be influenced by Haley and her family culture it's yeah. not just going to be Alex and his family's yep. culture you you and Haley are going to have your own battles about you know whose family's going to win out how are we going to do things how are yeah. we going to parent um what's new information that we get from from science and from you know the, the clinical the, the child psychologists out there what's going to come down from our family culture the ways that we think kids should be raised i most likely i trust haley's judgment um in terms of like parenting approaches but in terms of yeah like family approaches styles it will be interesting and that's we do so Haley and I are very different in a few regards Mm -hmm. and we're just on like polar opposite ends of the spectrum and we clash heads on those sometimes Uh Um, and we're both very stubborn so that makes it even more exciting so it'll be very interesting to see like when it comes to parenting how we will but we're also both very reasonable like that's what I love about her she's like She'll believe something, and then she'll also be like, "Okay, well, what's your side?" 
Mm. Let's hear it. Let's talk about it and we'll find some kind of compromise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, she also has been very helpful in terms of like me being able to explain what my childhood was like. And for her to be like, well, that man, that wasn't my experience at, at all. Like mm-hmm. that never happened to me. This is what happened to me. And, and um, it, it's cool and kind of healing in a way to be like, oh, okay. So yeah, like I'm not crazy for taking, for feeling like these few things were not great. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And then also obviously she had her own set of things where she was like, hey, I grew up and this X, Y, and Z happened. And I was like, right. whoa, that's crazy. Like my parents never did that. Right. Which again, paint it's... It's all um, relative. Yeah. We're all messed up. Yeah. Well, people come with people come with a set of resources and a set of challenges. Everybody. Um, and on the relationship note, are you familiar with the uh, prepare and enrich? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Haley and I have undergone um, marriage counseling because... Uh, the state of Minnesota gives you like uh, 150 uh-huh. bucks off if you do it. Yeah. Um, and it's been great. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And we took the Prepare and Enrich. It's a great curriculum. Uh, test and our... That was made here at the University of Minnesota, by the way. In my, it was? In my department, yeah. A guy by the name of David Olson, Dr. Olson. Dr. Olson. Did that and... Um, Amazing work that he's contributed to helping people strengthen their marriages and people premarital kind of figuring out what, what challenges they might have. So we got the like practitioner's version sent to us by accident, the oh, results. Yeah, it had all the answers in the back. Yes. It had like the breakdown of like who we are as a couple. Uh-huh. Um, and we are a couple of conflict, which... Are you familiar with how that all breaks down? Not, not exactly, but... Basically, they were like... And, and a lot of that is my fault, too, because when I took the test, I was kind of grumpy. Yeah. So I was asking questions like, do you ever find your partner annoying? I was like, why, yes, I do. Even at this moment, <laughs> yeah. as we speak. So a lot of that a lot of that was on me. Um, but the process has been, like, really good. Uh-huh. And... Because um, you've got a printout and you've got a, you've got some kind of facilitator who's going through it with the you. facilitator. That's what we got the yeah. facilitator results. Yeah, okay. correct. So we sat down with her and talk about like, hey, and it basically it's it's for, for those of you who are wondering, you it's like a number. They ask you a question and you do like a scale from I don't know if it probably is. one to seven. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It might be like agree strongly, agree right. somewhat, neutral, disagree strongly. Is. Yeah, and so that. They focus on the questions where you both answer similarly, and then they focus on the questions where you're just like way off. Yeah, right. And you walk through them and you talk about them. And at first, I was really anxious about the fact that it said we were a couple in conflict. Mm-hmm. But then, as we went through like all of our conflicts, it was our stuff is stuff we already knew about each other, uh-huh. stuff we'd already talked about, and stuff that like. I already feel comfortable being like, okay, it's not perfect, but like we've made a ton of progress and we will continue to make progress because it's not like we're too sensitive to talk about it. Right. Um, and yeah, it was it was kind of funny though to be like, okay, the survey says that you guys are not compatible. <laughs> we've crunched the numbers and you guys are in conflict. And our 
This, now, did it did it say that you're not compatible? No, it just no. said we were a couple in conflict because it never it never does say that. It, yeah. Like the, the, you you'll never get a printout that says you two should not get married <laughs> or you should you two should not go down this road. So our facilitator told us she was like I had a couple come to me because their results were they were a couple in conflict and their priest refused to marry them. Oh, isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, I you can't judge. <laughs> Dr. Steve refuses to cast judgment. I appreciate that about you. C- crazy is pretty strong. Crazy is a strong word. Isn't that... Um, yeah, you're going to have to... Okay. Why don't you put the water over here? I'll fix it for you. Yeah, these microphone boom arms wow. are pretty cheap. I'm going to be honest with Technical you. Technical difficulties. Uh, yeah, crazy is pretty strong. Crazy is a strong word. Um, but I'm not a therapist, so I can use that word colloquially. Sure. Anecdotally. Um, but yeah, uh, that process has been very, very good. And um, I would strongly encourage it to anyone who is either thinking about getting married with their their partner or they are in the process of they're already engaged um it's been a lot of fun and i think it's brought us much closer together Mm -hmm. like i feel like i know her very well now i recommend like if if people are going to do some kind of premarital work fill out prepare and enrich fill it out and it's, it's an objective instrument that just like like you like alex described it's going to tell you where you match on ideas and and beliefs and attitudes towards having kids, religion, um, division of labor, how you spend your money, just a variety of different topics. And it provides you with a, print, a printout that kind of shows where you match and where you don't match and gives you things to talk about. Most people go to couple premarital therapy, premarital counseling. They're so in love. <laughs> if you don't have some kind of a guide that really shows how you're going to show up in the relationship... There's not much to talk about in premarital counseling without something like prepare and because they're and just like, oh, I love, we're in love, we're, we're so, so happy, lo- yeah. we're never and I know fight. there's going to be issues, but hey, we'll we're get gonna, through it. Yeah, love is blind. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was like fifty questions, and the pa- the facilitator's report was like twenty pages, mm-hmm. but uh, we agree on the most. The, the, the our biggest strengths were the areas where couples have the biggest issues which was like family planning finances and then um like ethics and morality mm-hmm. um the things that we like i think the struggles that we do have are like she is much more introverted and I'm a little bit more extroverted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So stuff like that. And like, I'm pretty vicissitude and she's not vicissitude at all. I think you're starting to make that word be something it's not. <laughs> I'm making it a thing. <laughs> it's I'm going to use it to describe my brain. Okay. It's going to be like my neurosis and love of thought and philosophizing. Um. So yeah, that's like our conflicts are... Again, it kind of ties back to our session two sessions ago where I talked about like wanting a person with whom I can just be big brain crazy ideas mm-hmm. and want a person with whom I can just kind of be extroverted and goofy and silly and then 
and then putting all of that on Haley, like that's where conflict comes mm -hmm. in our relationship. Do, do you think the two of you are having the same experience in the premarital work, a similar experience? Like, mm -hmm. is it enjoyable for you, but she's not finding it so enjoyable? She does find it enjoyable. Yeah. She probably finds it more challenging uh -huh. and more like, she described it as like, in, in terms of like, let's call couples therapy therapy, mm -hmm. right? Let's call premarital counseling therapy. She's like, when we're in sessions together, I'm like, all right, let's dive in. Let's go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you're kind of like a spaceship and you're dragging me along and I'm like a little turtle moving at turtle speed. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, Whoosh, and she's just like, wah. And mm -hmm. that's, those are the noises she makes, um, which is it's so funny because it's like, I just picture Haley as a turtle, um, a very cute turtle. But that's her experience of it. It's not right. that she doesn't find it beneficial. It's yeah, just yeah. like sometimes she's like, dude, will you pump the brakes a little bit? Yeah. Okay. That's good that she can say that to you. Yes. Yeah. She has gotten really good at sharing more of her thoughts and feelings because mm. she also grew up in an area where it's like, there's just like no emotional chatting whatsoever. Mm. Like my my family of origin is very much like you can dump emotions on someone, but you can't acknowledge them. Mm. Like you can't ever talk about them, but you can express them and mm. then yell at each other about them. And maybe that's some like weird European way. Mm -hmm. But she grew up in the much more like German slash Nordic like mm -hmm. just no emotions whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which uh, I'm sure it has been a pleasure for her to be partnered with someone who's like blah 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 blah. So how, Alex, you're you have so much experience with going to therapy. You've talked on on this podcast about you know 15 years of being in therapy and stuff. How how does that show up in your relationships? Like when you see when you're working with someone or you're in a relationship with somebody that you think okay they really need therapy. They need to get their stuff together. Um, do you do you become an advertisement for therapy or do you like just kind of take that into yourself? Like, Oh, Jim could really use a good session, you know, or how do you, well, like, do you become a, a an evangelist for therapy or what? Uh, no, <clears throat> because I don't want to be preachy. Um, and also I know it's a really sensitive subject hmm. for a lot of people. So typically what I do is I'll just like make a mental note and if I see maybe like a blind spot or something, I'll try to support it. I'll make an effort to be like, okay, based on what I'm observing, I think this is what they need more of. So I'll give them a little bit more of that. Mm. Um, and in the meantime, I'll just talk to, like if it's a, a relationship where I talk to them frequently, I'll just have frequent interactions with them and it's bothering me. I talk to my therapist about it. But there are a few people where I get to the point of like, hey, like, I know this is maybe this is a little bit too much or, or whatever, but like, it's been really helpful for me to have someone to talk to about this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, they agree. They're like, no, it's, that's true. Mm -hmm. They just don't follow through and that's okay. Okay. But uh, I typically only bring it up if someone asks me about whether or not I see one or they start talking about mm -hmm. therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I love therapy. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Why do you ask? I, I don't know. I, I was just uh, wondering. I mean, you're, you're, you were talking about the, you know, Haley's metaphor of you being on a spaceship and she's this turtle who's, you know, yeah. kind of lagging behind and just wondered how that's, you know, is that going to be the kind of thing that shows up in your marriage? Does it show up in your 
in your workplace environment with other people about, you know. No, the, I definitely don't comfort, push it. The comfort you have with maybe being open and honest <clears throat> about elements of yourself, parts of yourself, and does it get frustrating to you when you see people who are more closed off? Well, that is probably a fair point. Yes. But I would ne- I do definitely do not expect people to share like their insecurities with me or things like that. Mm-hmm. It's more so like, hey, are you like mad at me or something like that? Like be more honest if there are things that I'm doing that are affecting you. Mm. That's the only thing where I get a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. I definitely or I would at the very least hope that people do not feel pressured to express or expose themselves when they're around me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, be vulnerable. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, like in the work environment, I'm not like, hey, so tell me, like, what are your deepest, darkest secrets? Like, let's just get, you know? <laughs> like, it's none of my business. Um, mm-hmm. And if someone is not, they share with me that they're not doing too well, mm-hmm. I 100% will be like, do you want to talk about it? Like, can I help? Like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. um, But yeah. I don't want to be preachy at all. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets brought up very rarely. It's like the therapy in general. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. There's probably only like a, a handful of people I've brought it up to. And that's just because that's the way the conversation went. Yeah. Unlike now where I bring it up to anyone, the <laughs> internet. Right. Yeah. I think, so these last two sessions are the first time for me where um, I have felt like, typically I've had a plan for my emotions. Yeah. But these times I really haven't. And uh, that's kind of scary in a, a weird way. A plan for your emotions associated with the podcast? Yeah. Or, like, so, okay, are, are here are the- times together or? Yep. Here are the emotions I'm going to discuss and here's how I'm going to approach them. Uh-huh. Whereas now I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a plan. This is just what I'm feeling. And it's kind of scary a little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially, uh, I think what's odd is I worry about like, A, saying something that pisses someone off, but B, like be not being interesting enough, you know, like, yeah. like coming off of our session where I shared some like kind of intense stuff. It's yeah. like, there's a little bit of pressure to keep... Okay, what's next in the the skeleton closet? Like, let's dig it all out. Yeah, and I think that's uh, if if part of what the goal is for this podcast is to um, to let people know it's okay to go to therapy, to broaden the conversation on on mental health and getting getting help. One of the things we have to portray is that sometimes you go and you might go into therapy, and it probably would have been better not to have the session. Like, I don't really have anything on my mind, nothing, I don't have a burning issue, or, yeah, last session was really tough, and I just want to, I just, I don't want to talk that much. I just want to be quiet and pensive, or, or or maybe I shouldn't have kept the appointment for today. Um, that happens. I, I, you know, I think I said in one of the earlier sessions, I don't think people need to be in therapy, but people need to have therapeutic moments, and therapy is a place where people can have therapeutic moments, uh, but you also can't make therapy be a command performance. Like I have a, 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 a new clinician in town that I'm supervising and 
she often says the, the phrase dance monkey dance, you know, like this is not a place where you can just like, okay, cue the emotions and, and hit it. And, you know, you might start a session and say, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling like I want to be here today. And I've had clients say that. And I'm like, maybe we need to call it quits right now. Maybe we, you know, go, go on your way, go do something yeah. that's more important. I've got kids. I've got this like, Hey, it sounds like this is not the most important thing. Um, that's hard when you're when when the other purpose is delivering a podcast, you know, wanting to put something up that, that can air. Yeah. Um, but the, the the reality is, I, I I don't think you can make people disclose and be vulnerable and in a, in a command kind of a format. I agree, and I think what's interesting, as I consider what you've just said, there's a part of me that's like. It ties back to what we said at the beginning of, oh man, was it this session? or Family feud. Last session. Who knows? These sessions blur together. I once, at some point in time, stated to you that like it's really hard for me to do nothing mm. because I've grown up in an environment where it's like you got to be productive. The human and, doing versus human yes, being. Yes, mm. and I think I apply that to therapy. Like There are times where I don't want to go, but I go because I'm like, I'm assuming there's something I got to work through. There's got to be something that is going on in my brain that I'd benefit from talking about to someone and confronting. So I kind of show up and I'm, I show up every week and I always thought like, no, it's a good thing, but maybe it's, there's, it's like to a fault. I definitely don't force myself to go, but I, I yeah, just hearing you talk, say that, I was like, made me think about this. Because I've always been like, no, we're going. Like, it's this. This is the date. It's the time. Yeah. I'm going in. I'll figure out something to say. Well, I think I think there are a couple different ways to approach doing therapy. One of them is to be very goal directed. Hey, I'm working on my depression. You know, and then getting really clear with your therapist about well, how will I know when we're done? Mm -hmm. How how will I know that that therapy for my depression has worked or it's not working, and I need to adjust or do something different? The the other thing is feeling like. I need I need a place I can go where I can where I can have reserved access to be able to talk about whatever's on my mind and that's that's the priority. So the goal is going to therapy. Yeah. Not so much yes. that I'm going to therapy because I'm working on my this or my that specific thing. But but it might be I need a place. It's like like you know, people go to Starbucks every day for for comfort or whatever. So this is part of my part of my self care. I'm going to a place, and sometimes we're going to deal with heavy, heavy, and other times we we may be talking about the things that are not so heavy. But it's a it's a self it's a, an yeah. area of my world that's devoted to my self care. And I think that therapy, for me, is a series of therapeutic moments. Mm -hmm. I typically find sessions to be therapeutic moments. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's more that's closer to the truth than this idea of like no i'm pushing myself to go to fix something it's more so that like sometimes it is challenging to sit in the first 10 minutes can be really hard sometimes mm -hmm. but usually by like the 20 minute marker and i start being honest about how i'm feeling like last session i told george it's like hey dude you're pissing me off right now mm -hmm. I, th I was like okay alex that's a rude thing to say you're irritable don't say it but the second i just allowed myself and kind of succumbed to the emotion and acknowledged it, we were able to talk about why am I feeling irritable? It's because I'm stressed. What are you stressed about? Working like crazy. I'm worried that 
you know, my work is for nothing and I'm not making any progress and everyone thinks I'm an idiot. Okay, hey, let's talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I suddenly feel better. Okay, well, those are therapeutic moments yeah. for me. Yeah. That's yeah, a nice way to think about it, I think. Yeah, and that's probably we're going to close on that note. Um, so uh, thank you, Dr. Steve, for joining me yet again on another episode of My Therapist and I. Episode number eight, I think, which that's pretty great. Hey, good for us. Look how far we've made it. Look how far we've come. Um, and uh, obviously we would like to thank our sponsor, Groupon. <laughs> For all that they've done. And Steve Harvey. And Steve Harvey. And um, all right, everyone, take care of yourselves. And uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for your comments. And um, we do have an email address. I guess I'll say this. If you have a question for myself or Dr. Steve, um, we have an official email. Did you know this? You probably didn't. I didn't know about the email. I know there's an Instagram account. Yep. And every now and then you post things to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The email address is mytherapistandipodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. I think I'll start promoting that a little bit more so people, if they want to, can... It'd be cooler, though, if there's a way to do it anonymously. So people uh-huh. would feel like they could, you know, less at stake. And I'll look into that. But it would be interesting to hear if people have questions for you. Or people people probably have questions for you, not for me. Yeah, but one of the questions we'd have to figure out is do we want to... Are you wanting to make this a call-in? No, no, no. no. Right. But maybe, you know, if someone asks an interesting question, we could have a little... Because I think I agree with you that the the difference between this podcast where there's a therapist involved is talking about therapy or doing therapy. Yeah. No, totally. And we we still spend time talking about therapy, but I actually do that in therapy with people. I talk about the business of therapy and what's appropriate in here, what's not. Some of, some of that's about socializing someone to what, what we can talk about, what's fair game, things totally. like that. Totally, yeah. And I find that, I always find it very helpful. To, the more I learn about the pro, like your side of therapy yeah. as a patient, the better I feel. But maybe that's just me personally, but it feels like I have a, like a better understanding of, you know, there are rules or there, there are structures in place and mm. you guys think of everything, basically. Um, but yeah, the point of this podcast is to be therapy more specifically my therapy. And I, um, will let you know if I get any emails or or anything like that, you'll find out soon enough. Sounds good. And, uh, again, thanks for your time, Dr. Steve, and I will catch you at our next session. All right. Good luck, Alex. Thank you. Bye-bye.